0: With the coaching, for the first few years of coaching, I never had that aspiration. I think the reality was my aspiration was to survive. And then in year three, survival just wasn't fun. It just wasn't a place I wanted to be.
1: This is the Credibility Coach podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build, grow and sustain a successful coaching business. All right, coach, are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode number two of the Credibility Coach podcast. My name is David Sargent, and I am your host. Today, I have got an absolute treat for you. I've got my good friend and client and multi-award winning business coach, Mr. Peter Bulker, joining me on the show to help you grow your coaching business. Peter is a fantastic client of mine and he's also known as the transition guy amongst his fans online. Every week he's using the power of video on YouTube and Facebook to position himself as a thought leader in the business growth space. So don't be put off by this if you're not a business coach. It doesn't matter the principles of marketing, the principles of business growth, the principles of hard work and getting your experience and taking advice from those that are further down the road than you is still the same. This is for you if you're a life coach, a business coach, an executive coach, a health coach. It doesn't matter. This is for you. Peter also helps other business coaches to grow their business and become a better coach too. So Peter has been in the Action Coach Hall of Fame. Well, he's in the Action Coach Hall of Fame and he has been inside the top five performing coaches globally for the last six consecutive years. He knows what he's talking about. He's been there and done it and it's not all been rainbows and gummy bears. In today's episode, we are taking an exclusive deep dive to talk really frankly and directly about how he grew his coaching business, especially through those three critical first years, how he's gone on to get over 24,000 hours of coaching experience and more importantly, the challenges he's faced when starting out and his tips and his insights and his advice for coaches like you and I on what we should be doing within ourselves to grow our coaching business. Peter almost quit within the first three years, but then he managed to increase his revenue, transform his mindset and started using marketing the right way, identified who he was as a coach, identified who he served, created his value proposition and then he chased it down. He went for it all resources mentioned in today's episode head on over to credibilitycoach.com forward slash 002 that will take you to the episode notes where you can get everything you need including how to connect with Peter Bulker. Okay let's get on with the show. This is the Credibility Coach podcast. Peter welcome to the Credibility Coach podcast. Um, thanks for making the time in your busy schedule right now. Uh, to come on and and talk to me a bit about your coaching business and and help other coaches grow their business um you're in texas right now
0: yes david that's correct i'm in san antonio one of the organizations i actually belong to is gazelles and we had one of our sort of biannual conferences where we had approximately a thousand business owners come to learn how to grow and develop their business
1: obviously you're a business coach you're a multi award winning business coach you've been in uh you're in the Hall of fame for action Coach and you've been in the global top five coaches for the last six consecutive years, which is fantastic but what I'd like to do and what the listeners love on this podcast is actually getting to the real you as a coach so a really great point where we like to start off with our guests is actually just to tell it, tell the audience a little bit about you and your business and what you were doing before coaching and how it all basically came together for you.
0: I'm what you would call a high growth business coach. So really the kind of market that I target is scaling up businesses that are looking to sort of grow their businesses between 20 and 30% minimum per annum with a clear five-year exit strategy.
1: You know, you're positioned up there now as one of the leading coaches in, in business coaching in the world. But how, how did you actually start it? Like, what was you doing before you were coaching? How did it all kind of, yeah, just come together?
0: If I told you by mistake, would you believe me? <laughs> so let me give you a bit of a preamble. I had a corporate career for the best part of 17 years. I needed a change. I went and bought a restaurant. I ran that for a year. Kind of unfortunately fell out with my business partner. And I think a lot of listeners to your podcast are going to really be able to relate to that. Very often people do fall out with one another, and I was going to get back into a corporate job. I was looking at positions out of Saudi Arabia, maybe the whole sort of Middle East because they were very much looking for people that were u k based with a very strong skill set, and by some sort of virtue of mistake, I got an email from action coach at the time saying, "Would you like to come and have a look at what we do?" and I was bored at the time I was in between jobs, so I went over had a look look at it, thought, okay, a little bit curious." Then we go and do some research, did some research. I actually then met my now business partner, Ray Moore. think things happened for a reason. He was what I needed at the time.
1: And I kind of thought, okay, well, do you know what? Let's give this a shout. So what was it actually about being a coach and helping other people that really piqued your interest?
0: It wasn't actually at the very beginning. It was I needed to replace my income. And I saw a way that I could actually earn a living out of being a coach. And that's fundamentally Brass Roots, that's what it was. I needed to sort of provide, I needed to sort of get an income in, and it was my way of getting an income. I suppose at that stage, I really didn't want to work for anybody else
1: again. And I'm totally with you, and I'm sure that everyone listening right now that's taken the leap of faith to start up their own business, albeit as a coach in whatever coaching industry that is, can completely relate to that. I mean, I I certainly do. I mean, I've been through quite a lot lately starting up my own coaching business from scratch what was it like for you going through that process what was the transition like
0: it was absolutely debilitating i mm. suppose you are a big fish in a small pond you then become a very small fish in a very large pond you have no success you have no track record you start starting from scratch it was horrible to be honest with you I must admit, in the first three years, there was a number of occasions where I thought, you know what, let me just throw in the towel. So I wasn't really enjoying the whole going out there, having to get clients. But well, it wasn't even that. I was trying to convince clients that they needed coaching when you could see quite clearly that they were never going to get to where they needed to be on their own
1: volition. So it was, no, it wasn't pleasant. Thanks for sharing that. You know, I really appreciate your honesty. Um, in all of the content that you do, you know, across the internet on YouTube and and the Facebook videos that you're constantly putting out for people, you know, you can really tell that you're a straight talker and obviously I know you quite well and that is 100% true. How you are in your videos and how you're speaking right now is how you are, you know, in the real world, if you want to put that in quotations. So you mentioned that obviously it was hard at the start – what, was, what would you say the biggest challenge or the biggest low point that you've actually had so far while growing your coaching business? And, and how have you overcome it? Just having no money. I think
0: that's the biggest low point for any coach out there is when you're looking at your cash coming in, your cash going out, and the two just don't marry up, and you're spending more money than you're getting in, and you're thinking, actually, at which point does this black hole actually stop? Because you know what it's like. You can't sort of indefinitely spend money. There comes a point where you kind of run out of runway. Yeah. There's actually that point where you actually—you and I was petrified for a very long time, thinking, "Okay, at which point does my business no longer become viable?" So you're up against the sort, of, and it's, you're up against time. I mean, I—I I, I know plenty of coaches in the industry that come out with a sevens package. They go into the coaching industry, and they think they've got time, and their money dwindles, dwindles, dwindles until they've got nothing left neither do they have money and neither do they have time
1: how long have you actually been a coach for peter 12 years and when would you say that you first hit this cash flow challenge in your business and which made first you just, three years. first three first years three so years. was was you considering to, to to quit at that point i was still on the
0: books of major headhunters etc so i was having actually was having interviews while i was still being a coach yes
1: yeah and i think that's that's Totally understandable. I mean, I certainly can relate to that, to those feelings. So how do you go about addressing those insecurities, those challenges? Like what, what, how did you actually just stop and say, right, you know what? I'm not going to quit. I'm this, this is what I'm going to do. Like, what did what did you go and do to change things?
0: You know, I worked really long hours. I was probably doing 110 hour weeks. And I absolutely just, I worked from, from dawn to dusk. I was just working extremely hard, looking at what I needed to change, how I needed to change. So one of the probably the biggest challenges I had was that coming out of corporate, I never dealt with the fact that I'd been working for corporate for such a long time. Coming out of it, I never got over the fact of being somebody in a company and then not having an identity in life. Not that's something I needed to deal with. Do you know what? It was, it was just the lack of who I was. I had no identity. I became a coach. But becoming a coach and having a coach identity of a coach, they're not necessarily the same thing. So I actually had had to go through a period of transition where I saw a great psychotherapist for five years, got over the bereavement of my corporate life, and actually started to learn how to forge a new identity. Because for the first three years as a coach, I was a fake. Basically what I was doing, I was doing the coaching for the sake of doing the coaching. And in the back of my mind, I thought I'd just go back into a top corporate position so i didn't really committed to the coaching to be quite
1: frank so you you still had kind of one foot in the water sort of thing
0: absolutely no yes because i missed that life
1: yeah and for a lot of a
0: lot for a lot of people that have been in a corporate position and you've got all that structure you've got that infrastructure in place it's very hard to make that transition and i've seen so many people fail at it and at one stage, I was in danger of going down that pathway.
1: And that's a real honest and frank approach to it. And I'm sure again, people can really relate to this. what What were your What were the lessons that you learned from that experience? And and how would you uh, well would you approach it in the same way now? Or from what you've learned, would you advise people to deal with that in a different way?
0: I deal with quite a lot of coaches, so they do come see me for guidance, etc. And with most of them, I send them to see a good psychotherapist. Because for as long as you've got a couple of suitcases full of shit carrying around with you, you're never going to be able to sustainably build a business. You've got to deal with your past in order to sort of move forward.
1: What sort of shit do you think that is? I mean, can you give us some examples of some of the coaches that you've worked with? Um, you know, obviously not who well, they are, but just some of the, content, the bad contents they've been carrying around with them.
0: Well, a lot of people come into... Well, a lot of people. I'd say a, a vast number of people coming to coaching through trauma. So either the company they've been working for has gone bust or they've been made redundant. In some cases, they've been kicked out because they're selfless requirements. They no longer fit the profile going forward. And unfortunately, coaching has a very low barrier to entry, which means, and it is like the next big fashion. So a lot of people think, okay, do you know what? This This gig looks easy. I'm going to become a coach. So they've got a lot of experience. And they think, yeah, okay, let me just go and do this coaching thing. And the reality is they're still pissed at their exit from a corporate life. They haven't gotten over that. So they're carrying all all this emotional baggage. And a lot of it is life's not fair, life's not really what I planned out, etc., 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 they're feeling really bitter and twisted about that while they're trying to go and be inspirational. The majority of the time as well, especially those that come out of corporate and become coaches, the reality is if they've been executives, they're fairly sophisticated people. So they'll have a decent background, they'll have a decent education, they'll use all the corporate language in, they've been very well trained. Then they're entering an SME marketplace where quite frankly, the majority of entrepreneurs out there They don't tend to finish school, go to college or university. They're pretty street in terms of their approach. And you then got these people coming out of corporate, seeing these street-level people, entrepreneurs, and there's just an identity clash.
1: And everything that I do at The Credibility Coach is all about establishing that identity, is about being able to separate yourself from other coaches about being able to understand what your value proposition is, to be able to then take that to market. And obviously you've worked extremely hard to actually position yourself in the business coaching industry and um, as the transition guy. But but when before that happened, and we'll, we'll come on to that in a little while – Let's talk about your light bulb moment then, or that that transition for you, where you you know the first three years, like you said, that you know they're pretty low, they're very very challenging. You're working long hours, but what was that takeoff moment in the coaching business?
0: I kind of decided that I wanted to be the best. When I was back in corporate land, I was highly ambitious. It was all about let's see what I can achieve, how high up the ladder I can get, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. With the coaching, for the first few years of coaching, it, I never had that aspiration. I think the reality was my aspiration was to survive. Hmm. And then in year three, survival just wasn't fun. It just wasn't a place I wanted to be. And at that time, I was looking at who the top business coaches were in the world, and I thought, you know what? I want to be up there with you.
1: So what were the events that actually led up to you saying, do you know what? I'm going to be the best.
0: I started to hang around. So I was, one of the other organisations I'm a part of is Action Coach. I got to see some really great people. I got to start hanging out with some top-level guys, and I thought, do you know what? That's where I want to be.
1: So you started to surround yourself with the people that you aspired to be like? I was in their presence.
0: okay. Because me being a coach of three years, they're not exactly going to come and talk to me. Because I'm, I was like a sort of a little flea on rhinoceros' backside, <laughs> insignificant at that time.
1: So after you, you, know, you decided this, obviously a massive mindset change. You thought, actually, do you know what? Sod this. I'm going for this is what I want. You started to be around these people, breathing the same air as these people, learning, taking stuff from them. What after, like, when did you start to notice that mindset actually having a positive effect on the growth of your coaching business? I think it was gradually,
0: gradually, gradually. So, year four was better results, year five was better, year six, year seven. By the time I got into sort of between year sixes and seven, I joined a different organization on top of that, which was the Gazelles. So I got even more exposure to great people, and that becomes sort of self-perpetuating. You kind of, as you start hanging out with all these different people, you start getting all these different viewpoints. Your norm, your norms change. I don't think it was just one big thing. I think it was just a, it was a culmination of a lot of different aspects, events, people, etc.
1: This is the Credibility Coach podcast. So, Peter, this is the point of the podcast where. We talk about marketing and Mm -hmm. we we get asked constantly via social media, on emails, with my clients that I work with every day, when we're at conferences, everything. The number one question is, how do you get coaching clients? So my question to you is just that, Peter. And... What's what's really working for you in your business right now? And more to the point, what has been working over the last few years for you to get to this point where you are now a bit more um, time-rich as well as the business doing very well for you?
0: Uh, I think to answer that, it, you have to go back, go back to the beginning. So very much when I first started off as a coach, we very much did the archetypical, archaic stuff of, let's go out there do the whole telemarketing campaign. So we had telemarketers on board. We ran seminars, etc. and from those seminars we filled them, and clients came out the back end of it. And it was a lot of hard graft, and it, and it paid very much dividends. Unfortunately, I'm not the best sort of seminar person in the world. I don't really enjoy them. It's not my sort of sweet spot. So what I tended to do, I tended to look at, okay, where's, where's, what's the trend? Where's it all going? And I was one of the early adopters of LinkedIn, Thank think my lucky stars, I did so. So if you look at the the marketing strategy, that probably took me from years, I'd say years two to year 10 in coaching was LinkedIn. Very early on, I kind of worked out, yes, got to have a good profile. Need to make sure that my profile reads well. I need to have all my experience on there. So all my different jobs, because at the end of the day, LinkedIn for me was that online resource. And from, year, from years two to 10, I really started to build social proof. So making sure that I've got my client testimonials and recommendations, and as endorsements came along, my endorsements started going on. So it was the very beginning of the social proof. And by having all these testimonials, essentially what you tended to find was that you started to build out a reputation in the marketplace. So social proof on the internet was my conversion tool. The biggest thing that grew my business was actually referrals. I made sure that I so t- took care of my clients, I had so much love for my clients, actually they would then tell others about me.
1: So just for me to just quickly summarize what you said, so basically LinkedIn has really helped you step up your business to keep that mm. that pipeline coming and also the referrals. So obviously getting your existing clients working for you as your indirect salespeople. Now, obviously referrals are brilliant. You know, they, they're priceless. They're the best form of marketing. You you can really do the best way of getting people into your pipeline, but obviously you can't scale referrals. So has there been points in your business where the referrals haven't been that forthcoming and you, and you've still had to roll up your sleeves and get stuck in. There
0: have been, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. The last The last five years, I have been very fortunate. The last five years, the market has tended to come to me. And I kind of aligned myself with certain organizations. So the Gazelle stuff, the Scaling Up stuff, I was there very early on. As an early adopter, I was one of the first coaches in the UK to take it into the UK. So from that, I was very much marketed by them. Mm Mm-hmm. The last five years have been really sort of good to me. I suppose the biggest difference is in the last 18 months, I've, I've stepped up my marketing because I'm looking at a totally different sort of coaching model than what I've been running up to today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I'll say for full disclosure, obviously, that you are um, my, one of my clients, um, mm-hmm. one of my value clients. And we, obviously, we've worked together for – a number of years now as well and i've f- first hand involved in um, your rebrand i suppose as a transition guy and your weekly video content and your video series from necker island and obviously now you're in san antonio texas at the gazelles um, event but, so, but just before we jump into that what marketing hasn't worked for you um or you've employed somebody and it's not work like is there anything that you know where you've yeah we've
0: we've done telly sales we've done have business development managers going out there to develop the market, and I threw a lot of money at that with very little return. So, yeah, it's a lot of the frontline sales where you're getting other people to try and do the selling and developing for you. That hasn't worked for me in any way, shape, or form.
1: So we tie it back into social media again. Obviously, LinkedIn is a social media platform. How have you been using social media in your coaching business?
0: In the beginning, very badly. I would say I had a presence on there, but it was like a very – uninspiring presence so be, it would it'd have no consistency it have no real strategy behind it I was just like a lot of people I was just on there for the sake of being on there where it's changed for me now is I've got a totally different purpose you know that I'm totally aiming for a different space within the coaching and sort of business environment and therefore for me even social media I'm not even looking for a social media to get clients I'm more looking at social media as my distribution channel to deliver my message,
1: and to deliver your value, right? Absolutely, yeah. And again, you know, I've mentioned it so many times, just even in the podcast intro. It's about delivering value to to build your visibility and your credibility in the marketplace. And but what you're mm. doing, by you know, by sharing video content every single week about business insights, and obviously your target market are high revenue generating businesses and and the the business owners and senior management teams but coaches that are just starting out or maybe they're just a little bit smaller they're not as you know international level like you are they're just working in a uh, in a catchment area and that's that's not just business coaches it's life coaches executive coaches etc like with with their marketing what advice would you give them right now about you know Proactively going out there with their marketing and growing their business. What what kind of advice would you have for them?
0: Yeah, work like a bitch. You gotta do your face-to-face marketing, whether it's networking events, etc., you've got to have a social media presence. You've actually got to build up social proof. And for new coaches starting out, any client is a good client because you're building up that information, you're building up your recommendations. You're building up the proof that you are a great coach. And a lot of coaches, unfortunately, think just because I had a great corporate job, that gives them the sense of entitlement that, hey, I'm now a coach, I'm going to be coaching you. It doesn't matter. No one gives a flying shit about your previous life. It's about what you can do for them. And the only way you're going to ever get that experience is by practicing. See, No one's ever going to teach you the practicalities of coaching. A lot of people can tell you, okay, these are the great questions to ask, Fantastic, that's all content, content, content. But the reality is that experience gives you the context for it all. And that's what it's about. It's about getting the context.
1: So obviously in your business, Peter, you know, you're, you're working with these high-revenue businesses. You're traveling a lot, which is obviously being documented as well on your YouTube channel and on your Facebook pages. And for everyone listening right now, I really, really highly recommend that you check out Peter's content. You know, you should look at it. You should you should see what he's doing. Um, and I'll put all the links to all of Peter's content and where you can find him, et cetera, in the show notes for today. So just go to credibilitycoach.com forward slash podcast, and you can find everything on today's episode over there. But what is the one thing that's really exciting you about your business today, Peter? Like how are you staying motivated and driven? And what are you doing at the moment? That's really kind of ticking your boxes.
0: I'll tell you how I'm staying motivated because life for me is changing. So I've probably got the best part of 24 and a half thousand coaching hours experience which is massive. So for the coaches listening in, think about how many hours you coach a week, actually coach a week if I'm a client facing. At 24,000, 24, hours now, I wanna do different things. So for a long time, I wanted to be a fantastic coach. I wanted to be up there with the top coaches. It's interesting, I no longer wanna be a coach now. And that's what's keeping me motivated and driven. After doing all these hours of coaching and working with these clients, I've come up with my own frameworks, my own ideas, my own thoughts, and I want to play that bigger game. So right now where I'm going is I'm I'm transitioning. I'm no longer being a coach, a business coach as such. I'm more sort of moving towards the whole thought leader authority figure where I want to be a person that influences markets, influences the industry, however, who also coaches. There's a big distinction between the two.
1: I completely agree. I completely agree, and and I can see that unfolding every single week. Obviously, that's your drive, that's motivating you. But as a coach, how do you, and what advice would you give to people about improving as a coach? So improving your coaching skills, like what is the best way to go about that to to make sure? Obviously, you're getting the hours in, but
0: what- well, c- continuous learning, continuous learning. So I probably do the best part of 200 hours of education a year. Okay. I mean, and put it this way, I've been in San Antonio all this week. What have I done? I've been listening to keynote speakers. We've been doing coach training. I've been also mixing with my peer group. So we've been having sort of coach conversations, so to speak. I'm always in an environment at least every three months where I'm being stretched, challenged, and grow. And I think that's the biggest thing about coaches. You've always got to be growing. If our coaches were not growing, then we are dying.
1: I absolutely agree with you. And that's in any context, right? So you haven't got to necessarily get on a plane and go to no. San Antonio.
0: Well, last month I was in Harrogate. So Action Coach had to invent, and called the Business Excellence Forums, where we had all keynote speakers again, and all our clients came out and hung out for two days. And then the day before that, what did we have? We had our coach training. See, we had two days of coach training. So you think about it you've got to be in that environment where you're constantly learning, constantly being stretched. Now the challenge that majority of coaches have, actually they don't belong to any organisation. They are solopreneurs, which means at the end of the day, where are they getting their stretches? They probably are not.
1: I agree. And I was at that conference in Harrogate. It was a fantastic experience. We had people like Marshall Goldsmith and um, Baroness Michelle Moan done keynotes. And I I just, Constantly learn, you know, I was speaking to all the coaches there and their clients. And it was just one big, I was just like one big sponge, just absorbing everything in, observing people's body language, how they interact, how they talk, obviously picking up great stuff from the keynotes. And that's just me, like, literally, I just jumped in the car, but I bought my ticket online, jumped in the car, went up, booked a hotel, and, and just learn. And, you know, I, I didn't necessarily need to be at that conference, but I'm so glad that I went to it. And I uh-huh. suppose, again, that's a mindset. That's my, my commitment to my self-development and my education as well. Talk us a little bit then what's going on with the Transition Guide content because every week you're putting stuff out. Um, you know, everyone's seeing it. They're commenting on it. It's being promoted on Facebook, on YouTube. Talk, t- tell the listeners right now a little bit about that content that you're doing and your reasoning behind it.
0: Well, the Transition Guide very much came out of the fact that I needed somewhere to get my thoughts down. And what most people do is when they want to sort of articulate their thoughts, they write a book. And I was going to go down the book route, but the reality of this is how many books are there right now being released? There are so many books being released all the time. It's like people are getting book vomit. <laughs> and it is. And it's, it's like anybody and anybody's writing a book. Some of the books out there are absolutely great. Unfortunately, many of the books out there are total shit. So it was like, where do I want to be? Do I really want to be writing a book and sticking it out there and spending all that time having to go and physically promote it? Or could I do something to add value? So I thought I'd go down the video route, and I don't charge for any of my videos. All my content is free. All I'm doing is my give back. So, I've decided to go down the give back route with the videos because it's not a crowded space yet. It allows you that sense of creativity. It's like, what, three weeks ago, I was in Necker Island. What was I doing in Necker? I was doing videos in Necker. I come back from Necker, go out to San Antonio, I'm doing videos out here. And I'm able to do videos in the greatest locations with some of the greatest people. So, you've noticed in my videos, I'm actually interviewing a lot of the keynote speakers.
1: And you don't have to, again, be producing video content, or audio content, or even just any Facebook content in general. You don't have to be going to these exotic locations. You don't have to have no. keynote speakers on to do it, do you? You can just pick up your smartphone and just record some content. And it, it's about providing value to your target market. It's not, and and exactly what you're doing. You're not sh- you're shining a light on yourself by actually shining a light on others and helping them.
0: Yeah, and you know the beautiful thing is now probably I'm in a very fortunate position where actually I get to hang out with all these cutting-edge thought leaders. Yeah. So I'm able to actually access them directly and, and get them to give a message that most SMEs can truly relate to.
1: And Pete, do you have a coach or a mentor in your life? Yeah, five. Five, five coaches? Yep. And, and how have they helped you and how do they continue to help you grow?
0: Well, put it this way, I have many blind spots, and they help me sort of work in the areas of my life where I have blind spots I need to improve in. So they're, call- they're constantly sort of helping me develop, grow, learn, and at the same time, they call, they call me on my bullshit because, like anything else, there's stuff I just don't want to do. There's stuff that I proactively avoid. I'm human at the end of the day. But there there's my fail-safe to make sure that I do not slip through the cracks. And the biggest challenge is... And most of your coach listeners out there will be able to relate to this. They don't have a coach in their life. So they're not being held accountable. They're not really practicing what they preach. They're not authentic. So they'll go there seeing clients, telling potential clients, you need to be coached. Or if the client ever asks them a question, well, who's your coach? They can't answer that. So it's practice what you preach. I'm a firm believer of that.
1: I completely agree. The coaches that I work with, I've I've got quite a few that I work one-on-one with, and they, when they come to me, you know, obviously I'm coaching about the identity and the branding and the marketing. Oh. I'm not a business coach. I'm a marketing coach. Every single coach says to me, I don't know what my identity is. I don't know how I really help people. I don't know what my value proposition is. And then when we actually put structure in place, they're, they're saying, do you know what? I'm so glad that I've got the accountability to actually make me do this stuff with the guidance that I need. So it's like coaching and mentoring at the same time from what you're saying is you need to have these people at least one of these uh, one coach or one mentor etc in your life to actually give you that guidance when you need it
0: most coaches suck at marketing most Mm -hmm. coaches don't have a clue how to market so why would you not have a marketing coach helping you do it because it's like anything do people think that just time on its own is going to resolve the marketing issues it's not you've got to do something proactively about it now if it was your client if you was a coach and it was your client and your client's marketing was totally useless what would they do with them they'd do marketing coaching or they say, listen we need to get a marketeer on board to help you with that
1: where's the difference absolutely agree with you Totally. And obviously I would because I'm a marketing coach, but... <laughs> no, but it's a principle. Whether you're a coach, if you're
0: a coach and you're absolutely rubbish at presentations, if you think, that, okay, I'm going to carry on doing the same stupid presentation for two years and I'm going to be less shit at it, no. Why would you want to do that? Go, join some professional organisation, something like Toastmasters, something like the Speaker Academy, where they've got coaches that actually coach you on how to present.
1: The worst thing that you can do is nothing
0: yes and then but most people do nothing yeah and unfortunately that then lends itself to wholesale mediocrity
1: this is the credibility coach podcast so this is the lightning round and this is where we do some quick fire questions really quick uh, gut reaction answers so the first question i'm going to say to you right now is what is your favorite business book probably good to great by jim collins Awesome. When you were struggling to really grow your business, what was holding you back from growing your coaching business? Me and my bullshit. (laughs) What is the best advice you've ever received about coaching? Get a coach. And um, do you have any resources or tools that you use every day that you just couldn't live without that you want to share with our listeners? Tools,
0: yes. MacBook Pro, iPad, iPhones. I use... I use Infusionsoft for my CRM and marketing package I couldn't live without Evernote I've been using Evernote for years however I'm about to move over to Trello because Trello is an absolutely much more sophisticated system and for all my clients I use Align today which is a whole sort of strategic growth system that you can put down your strategic goals priorities etc and it's the way for us to Manage the businesses to make sure that stuff's getting done. Awesome.
1: So, Peter, um, thanks for your time today. Where can people go to connect with you if they want to check out your content um, or just, you know, connect with you uh, professionally?
0: All content poker.com. You've got all my contact details there. That's the easiest way to get through to me.
1: Brilliant. And that's b o l k a h. Yep. Dot com. <laughs> I both had to think about that for a second. Okay, and finally what advice do you have for any coaches listening right now that are just starting out? So like you was when you were in that first three year period or, or maybe they're over that, but they're actually really struggling to grow their coaching business, find new clients, et cetera. What would you as an experienced, established and successful coach say to them coaches listening right now?
0: What I want to say to you is you've got to back yourself. You've got to invest in yourself. As coaches, when our clients hire us, they hire us because we are a catalyst. We get them to their destination a lot quicker than they would normally get to if they did it off their own volition. Don't get me wrong, one or two are always going to get there, but for the majority, it's a more slower route. We make that route and pathway faster and clearer. Therefore, if you don't have a coach, as a coach – you've got to look at yourself and say, okay, why not? Why do not? Why do I not believe in what I do? And why do I want to get to my destination using the most painful and fi- financially debilitating route?
1: Well, there we go. Peter, listen, I know that you've joined us. You know, we've got a big time difference. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time out for, for the Credibility Coach podcast and all of the listeners. So on behalf of them and myself, thank you very much. And um, I look forward to getting you on the show again very soon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, I hope that you found value there in the first ever interview on the Credibility Coach podcast. My thank you again to Peter Balker. I hope that you you found some great insights, some advice, and it's really got your cogs moving about how you can grow your coaching business. Maybe you've suffered with some of the challenges that Peter has gone through. Maybe you want to do what Peter's doing with his marketing, or maybe you're just really confused about your identity as a coach, who you target and what your value proposition really is. Maybe you're just trying to be all things to everyone and it's just not working for you right now. Hey, keep going. Don't give up. You are a good coach. You have got a lot to offer, but you've just got to somehow package it up, bottle all that value up that you've got and take it to market. If you are struggling, head over to credibilitycoach.com forward slash Kickstarter. Take a look there at my Kickstarter program. That is designed just you. Guys, I do this podcast for the love of the coaching industry and to genuinely give back and help you grow your coaching business. There is going to be something for everyone on this podcast, so please, please hit subscribe. But the most important thing that you can do right now to let me know that you like this content, that you want to keep it coming, that you want to see more, that you do find value, is to leave a positive review on iTunes. Go to credibilitycoach.com forward slash review That's credibilitycoach.com forward slash review and please leave me an honest review of what you think because the reviews help me get some feedback from you and also helps other coaches like yourself find the podcast and it then keeps everybody happy and we're all winning. Thank you so much and I'll see you again in episode number three. Take care.